Hello everyone, I am your host, science fiction author Crystal Storm. Tonight, it's going to get a little spooky. Ghosts and other paranormal phenomena are real, but who are they? What are they? My guest, Gary Anderson, is the co-founder of the Western Australian Paranormal Researchers. Their aim is to raise awareness about paranormal phenomenon and encourage more scientific study around the topic. Gary will share his experiences ghost hunting and talk about he, his group, and those he collaborates with across the globe are working to bring a level of professionalism to a misunderstood field. Come on, let's take a peek inside Crystal's Imagination. everyone to episode seven of crystal's imagination podcast i am your host science fiction author crystal storm tonight we're gonna get a little spooky i'm excited about it i'm probably just gonna crawl underneath my desk the whole interview while gary is talking to me about his experiences because like i said last week we could talk about i could talk about aliens but i don't do ghosts i don't i i can i can be abducted but i don't something in my house starts moving i gotta go <laughs> Like, I gotta get the salt, I gotta get the iron, I gotta get out. Um, Gary Anderson is, has been a paranormal researcher for, I want to say, decades now, Gary? Yeah, it's been quite a while, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Gary, thank you so much for your time. You're on the other side of the world. It is currently uh, 9 a.m. where I am. It's like 10 p.m. where you are. Um, so that it is. I'm yeah. not here. Yeah, so thank you so much for being on the show. That's my pleasure. Nice to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Gary, let's you know, let's jump into it. Uh, how did you get into into ghost hunting and and researching the paranormal? Well, it started like you said decades ago. I was about seven years old, and uh, it started out with that little fella in the background, basically. Uh oh, uh oh. I, so I had an experience. Research. Oh, that's it. well, no, not research at that at that particular age. Happy little kid. I didn't know what was what, and uh, I saw something. Couldn't make heads or tails of what it was, so I started reading books, and they were hard to find at the time. And uh, I remember Mum took me over to the local big town, and uh, we had a look through the library, which is weird for a kid that age. Yeah. Especially when I went up to the librarian lady and I said, oh, do you have anything on flying saucers? And she was like, what? Thought I was crazy, but <laughs> what the hell, you know? And all I had at that particular stage was a bit of a uh, an encyclopedia of the unexplained. So it had a little bit on UFOs, Bigfoot, spontaneous combustion, ghosts, you know, Loch Ness Monster, just about everything you can think of. Right. And I was pretty much fascinated in the whole lot right since the get-go with it all. And uh, what I've found over the years is you've got to be in the right place at the right time if you want to go with the UFO stuff. Okay. But with the hauntings, there's uh, usually a place where you can go, you know, a reported haunted location. And mm -hmm. it's easy to actually kickstart the whole process because you have a, a place where you can concentrate. So that's where it started. Oh, my goodness. Did, uh, <laughs> did you... Uh... <laughs> that has to be such a thing for, for a child to, to see. Like, what is that? And Mom, I saw a flying saucer. Your mom's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's... That's pretty much how the conversation went, and uh, I got a little bit of validation when the news came on the next night, and there'd been several reports of UFOs in the area, and uh, all the descriptions matched what I'd seen, and they were sort of like, I don't know if they want to believe it or not, but they just, yeah, we'll forget about it, and we'll just let you do what you're going to do, because it'll wear off in time, you know. Right, right, Here's right. Me. Something years later, and nah, <laughs> it didn't didn't wear off. Didn't wear off. Not so no, much. Not a, not a <laughs> That's all right. So you grew up great, Gary. Don't let them don't let them tell you different. <laughs> I'm I'm happy with the way I'm turning out. Yes, 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 yes. Um, talk a little bit about now. Now you said that you. I mean, the reason that you first jumped into into your research was because of UFOs, and you know now they're called UAPs. Um, so just very briefly, um. UAPs have become 
a little more mainstream now, uh, at least over here in America. I don't know if you've heard there was a, a whole 60-minute special on it. Um, a lot of people in the UFO community are eagerly awaiting this Pentagon report, which I think is just going to be like, there's stuff in our airspace. We don't know where it is, but at least people are talking about it again. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. That's this week or next week, isn't it? That yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's coming out. I want to say it's coming out this week. Yeah. So, you know, what's some, what's kind of your viewpoint as to as to the current climate surrounding UAPs and, and what's going on? Well, probably 10, 12 years ago, I interviewed uh, Stephen Bassett about Ooh. the whole thing. And job. I actually asked him the question then, how would it change the world when disclosure happened? And mm -hmm. The, the long and the short of it all was he said some things will change very minimally and other things will change in a massive way. And I asked him how the disclosure event would actually happen and he couldn't really answer that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you look at it now and I'm thinking to myself, is this as close as we're going to get to actual full disclosure? You know what I mean? The, uh, the CIA, all the different letter alphabet agencies are, right. are doing their thing and they're letting these reports out. So is that as good as we're going to get? Or are we going to get the old president on the front lawn saying flying saucers are real? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that somehow. Not yet, but you never know. I didn't think we'd get this a few years ago. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I feel like this level of disclosure has happened, I feel like, since the phenomenon kind of since we could start tracking the phenomenon in news right i mean i feel like there's always been at some point this big ufo something happens like in los angeles or whatever where the news is like you know and the conversation kind of starts again now i was talking about it with the guest i had on last week it seems to be really framed at least over here um as like a national security issue which is, I get it, it's concerning, but I get it. I, we, we would rather it be more of a scientific issue than, you know, because now we have people walk out, I see a UFO and shoot it with a gun. Um, so, <laughs> I, like you said, I don't know, and I don't know if it would make a difference if the president went out onto the front lawn and said, we're not alone in the universe, there are like flying saucers. I, I honestly, at this point, like, I don't know. I don't know if people would just be like, eh, whatever. Or like, you know, it's, you know it, it's really just China, he's blowing smoke up our ass or, you know, something. Well, you go back 20 years and uh, it was a very taboo subject. And with recent, you know, all the films, Independence Day, all those kind of films coming out. Yeah. It's just made the whole thing more mainstream, like you said. And people are now starting to open up mm -hmm. in this new digital world of the internet and things, which wasn't around when we were kids. Uh, well, when I, when I was a kid anyway, I don't know, you know. Wait, 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 no, 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 there wasn't. Anything. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Right. I watched the internet have it play an Oregon Trail on that very old Apple computer. <laughs> Back then, it was hard to fake something. And in this day and age, yeah. it's so easy. I mean, 90% of them are just misidentifications anyway. Yeah. And that's even more so now with things like drones and right. different things. like that. So those that like to screw things up for the real researchers have got it easy at the moment. But when you get things like, cameras from the nose nose camera of a bloody fighter you know uh yeah. with ufo True. the tic tac ufo yeah. and all those kind of things that's a little bit harder to discount and then when the cia is going to release well the government's going to release all of their documentation it's not saying that they've got them i can't see that ever been released about you know it's all at area 51 or right wherever in mean, this day and age there's reports that they're over here in australia at the moment oh wow and uh yeah, I just don't think we're going to get that kind of information. We're just going to get a, a list of all the reports, which yeah. will be vast, you know what I mean, yeah. over that many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you exciting. know, I feel at this point, it is exciting. It is, it is, it is. You know what, if it brings if it brings a little bit more serious to the, seriousness to the topic um, and new researches into the field, I think that's always a good thing um, because we need it. We definitely, like you said, because you're like, it's just so hard to fake things now. So anybody who can come in, with their experience and help say no that's you know it's a drone or or this is really something would be that'd be great yeah i mean be... we went through this conversation at work the other day with one of the guys uh they found out what i do and uh stone cold scientific base with everything and i said well look the real ghost hunters the real paranormal investigators we're not out there prove the actual existence 
we're out there to find enough evidence to present to the science people to say, look, there's something that needs to be studied mm-hmm. because at the moment they just poo-poo the whole thing. It's just, you know, freaks over at the side. Forget about them. But yeah. you, I said to him, you go back 500 years, I said you were a heretic if you said the world was round because the world was flat back then. Mm-hmm. It took science to prove it. Right. And what we need to do is we need to kick them up the bum and get mm-hmm. them to actually start studying this. Yeah. And then we might get some answers for it, you know, one way or the other. I mean, I'm not saying they're all ghosts, you know, dead relatives coming back to say hello. Right. I've come up with several different possibilities and they could all exist all at the same time, you know what I mean? Right. And getting the actual scientists to get involved, we might actually get some solid answers. But that's the, the hardest part at the moment is actually getting them to sit up and actually take note. Take note, right, right. Let's, uh, I mean, that's a perfect segue into the paranormal. Um, talk a little about, about your organization and then uh, give us, you know, what's your mission statement? What do you guys, what do you guys do? That's basically what I just said. Uh, yeah. I started the West Australian Paranormal Researchers in 2009 with a couple of mates and mm-hmm. they've since frittered away. And to be honest, I went through a, a quiet patch for a while there when yeah. life, life got in the way for a bit. But That happens. <laughs> Yeah, it does. A few years ago, it kicked back up again, and uh, it's going from great guns, you know, great guns. And what we're about is actually exposing the public that are willing, you know, those that want to come along to the ghost hunts and basically open people's minds to the fact that there are people out there who are interested in this kind of thing. And, you know, they might watch the shows, they might think it's awesome, but. I remember the first time I actually went out with a group, it was very a nervous phone call to say, can I come out on a ghost hunt? And yeah. uh, we just tried to make it easy for people to come out and be open about their experiences. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a place, a safe place where you can go, you can study, you can research, you can interact with other people of like mind without being uh, worried about the negative side of life. Right. Right, right, right. There's always around. Yeah, all the all the skeptics making fun of you guys. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about now. Um, are you? Is there any area of the paranormal that you would say is your speciality, or are you kind of a very wide spectrum researcher? I'm full spectrum research. Okay. I love the whole. Uh, it, it's hard, you know. We try to. I say I say myself, I'm what I call a healthy skeptic. Mm-hmm. You know, I I will explain everything in a way that I possibly can, and it, right. it doesn't some people when I do do that. But I've got to be honest. You know, you, you don't get credibility by talking shit. Sorry if I'm. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, speak freely. Go. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll explain anything away, and whatever's left, I'll go from there, and then we'll we'll, we'll try and narrow it down. But uh, at that point, we'll bring out all the toys and see what we can get, you know. Uh, I mean, I go old school with a lot of stuff, you know, it's dowsing rods. In this day and age, everything's going digital this and digital that. But for many, many, many years before electronic devices and the ghost hunting shows came out, it was old school dowsing rods and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they still have a place today, I believe. Let's start because I think just from my audience, uh, let's talk a little bit about the tools that you would use um during your hunts because i know you like you were talking about i feel like maybe even with the skeptics nowadays it might have gotten a little bit more sophisticated but i mean sometimes old school is best and i would agree with you that you know sometimes i could check some maybe there's an app or something on my phone but a dowsing rod that's i mean (laughs) it's gotta still have a place like you said so yeah what 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 are some of the tools that you guys use now we do use a lot of the stuff that you see in the TV shows. I'm skeptical okay. of a lot of it, but oh, really? I am, but I am open to the possibility that there could be something to it as well. Mm-hmm. We've done, oh, I think you call them spirit boxes, ghost boxes, spinning radios. There's a thousand different names for them. Right. And I think about 90% of the stuff you can explain away, but we have come up with uh, some results that we do have recorded somewhere in the vast vaults of the WAPA uh, <laughs> files where we have actual had actual straight out answers to questions that we've asked. And we'd ask, you know, we're going to move around like this and 
say stop when you want us to walk in a in a specific direction. Uh, we we got a name, and then we'd walk in a direction, and we would find a like this is at a cemetery. This one, we actually found their gravesite, and we got all the names of all the kids that are on this gravesite. And that, to me, there's so many points of validation that can't be just simple coincidence through a radio. So right. it, it you can get some good stuff, but you have to be realistic about the whole thing. And, uh, you know, not everything's a ghost. I love that you said that too. I love it when people come into these topics with like that healthy dose of discernment yet passion about what they're doing where they're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, this could be it, but dude, it's not that, no. No, it's the house is creaky. I don't know what you're going to tell you. Um, so you just, yeah, you just recently, um, you said uh, you you had a haunt. Uh, not this not last weekend, weekend before. Um, so where where do you guys go? Do you guys search out like specific areas um, that you know from kind of just local lore that they've seen some activity? Do people call you and say, "Hey, I think there's something in my house"? Is it a little bit of all of the above? Yeah, a little bit of everything. We. Uh... It's hard, especially over here. They're not as open in Australia as they are in the rest of the world in relation to letting people in to do paranormal investigations, you know. Mm-hmm. They all have these little hoodoos about their place being called haunted and stuff, but there are some places that are open to it. The one you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, we actually went down onto the, the very bottom tip of Western Australia, which is a place called Albany, and there's an old isolation hospital out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the days of smallpox, the last big pandemic, uh, if the cruise ships would come in, or the passenger ships back then, and people were sick, they were diverted to the quarantine station. Okay. And then from there, anybody that had the symptoms were sent over to the isolation hospital. Those that weren't showing any symptoms went into the quarantine station itself, and they stayed there for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. A lot of people never made it out of there, but uh, some did. And yeah, we we actually went down there and we investigated the isolation hospital and the morgue down there. So that was pretty interesting. Do you guys do this at night? Oh, we do it day and night. Do you do it day and night? Yeah. You're a brave guy, Gary. You're brave. You're brave, brave guy. Well, (laughs) everybody turns around. You know, you get these skeptics that turn around and say, oh, ghosts aren't there just at night time. You know, you're all idiots walking around in the dark. True. They're there 24-7, but my answer to that is if you're going out investigating the paranormal, what you want to do is actually heighten your senses. So you know what it's like. If your primary sense is sight, everything else takes second place to it. So if you take out sight, then your ears pick up and everything else. So that's why we go lights out. Mm. Kind of defeats the purpose, I suppose, when you go night vision. But uh, there's usually one running a camera or the rest of the cameras are just static cameras around the place. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do it at night time, to ho- hoping to heighten our own senses to see if we can pick stuff up ourselves. You know, you, you look at uh, your typical haunt and paranormal activity and your body will pick it up well before some of the gear will pick it up, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make very good TV when you say, oh, you know, right, the hairs right. on my arm I'm standing up. up. Right, right, right. <laughs> Are you cold? Like, yeah. That's as good as what you get with an EMF meter, you know. You can sense when it's suddenly have a cold spot. There's a drop in temperature. Your body picks up that, but the camera doesn't see it, so it doesn't make good TV. So a lot of these instruments that you see in the TV shows are just an electronic way of visualizing what the body picks up. Mm. To me, the body is the number one ghost hunting tool. Simple. I love that. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I think that's a, I think that's a smart way to communicate with this particular phenomenon, um, kind of given what we seem to understand about it, limited knowledge that we have right now. Um, when you when you go into to a haunted place, um, do you have any kind of specific objective? Like, are you just are you looking to hear something? Is it just to, I mean. Um, to see something is, or is it just kind of, you know, let's just go in and, and, and see what, whatever it is that you are interacting with is willing to kind of give us. All of the above, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah. Most of the guys, I know it sounds a little silly, but a lot of the guys just like no. to get the crap scared out of them. Go, you know, it's more, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's more about the atmosphere in the place. We, 
oh god this would have been about 10 years ago now maybe we were invited to investigate this particular location where it was a historic building mm -hmm. it was a quarter of an entire city block right in the heart of the city it was four floors up and two floors now and uh lots of stuff had been happening there and we we were invited back on three different occasions to do that place and some of the stuff that we got there was you know a lot of you don't get anything uh, at the end of the night you just might get a few things that you watch these films and these tv shows where they do evp sessions and they play it back we've got an evp and you hear this that's a ghost saying i'm going to kill you yeah <laughs> no to me you have to actually hear something that is verbal not just a click right so right. EVPs are a big thing for us. We like to go out and get an audio if we can. Mm -hmm. I mean, the big thing for everybody is uh, get a ghost on camera. You know, we run infrared. We use full spectrum cameras. We use SLR, SLS cameras, uh, mm -hmm. just normal everyday, you know, uh, video cameras. Mm -hmm. And we've never actually picked anything up that you could say is a definitive ghost. They're very elusive, but... Mm -hmm. We have picked up doors being slammed almost on on demand, you know, Oof. and several other things, uh, balls rolling by themselves when they shouldn't be. And, and this is one of the things where I like to say old school is a lot better than this high tech stuff that you see. Say, for instance, you, you look at Waverly Hills. I think just about everybody in the ghost hunting mm -hmm. genre knows about Waverly Hills. They've got that creeper, I think, up on the third, fourth floor, something like that. And there's this one room where I think it was one of the TV shows. They put this ball in the middle of the room and the ball kept rolling off by itself. And for me, you know, it could be wind. There could be a thousand different reasons why that happens. Right. But rather than get too super technical about it, for me, just put a bit of blue tack down, stick a pencil in it with a little feather. Yeah. Let's see what next happens. to it. Because yeah. if the feather blows and then the go, you know, the ball goes off, well, you know what it is. And this right. is what I'm saying. Quite often, it's the simple side of things that are the hardest to fake. You know, they're the most, like I said, you, you, you look at it, your standard sort of K2 meter, which is an EMF meter, which all the TV, well, a lot of the older TV shows used to use, lights up when, they, when there's an electromagnetic fluctuation. Mm -hmm. Lines can set them off. There's a thousand different things that can set those off. So you have to do a lot of baseline readings. And like I said, if you've got that set up in front of a camera, and somebody's there playing with an EMF pump or something like that, they're going to make this thing light up on demand. Mm -hmm. And that makes wicked TV because it's happening, but it's not necessarily real. Right. That being said, sometimes you will get very real things, but they're hard to substantiate unless you can prove that there's not somebody in the background causing it to happen. Right. So right. It, it is a tricky field, but we're out there trying to find that uh, elusive bit of footage that can't be debunked you're brave you're brave because i mean you know you said you know you've heard doors slam and ball and i'm just like nope that's it that's it that's it <laughs> so let's something that's always fascinated me um about about the uh the paranormal is you get your take on it gary when uh when a when a ghost when a spirit however we we want to i mean i don't think we know what it is can actually interact with something that is that is kind of physical that is material um it's interesting that we still don't have the kind of equipment to measure that so i would ask you like when that kind of stuff happens when a ball rolls or when a door slams shut or you know any other kind of poltergeist stuff happens is there anything on your instruments that spikes that moves even like you said physically does does do you feel different does the air kind of does it you get some bad vibe good vibe does anything like that kind of coincide with that yeah a little bit of everything i've actually got a bit of footage from oh maybe eight nine years ago when we were down in albany again actually the same location but this time we we did a board session funny enough i know they're a bit taboo in this yeah. day and age but uh when you've got somebody that can govern a board properly and do it the right way it, it can actually be a good tool to actually get uh some activity going and we had tri-fill meters on the board we had k2 meters on the board and literally 
basically I had the camera facing on the table behind me with these double doors. You go out the double doors across the uh, car park into the old cemetery. Mm-hmm. And she actually invited the spirits to come forward. And at that point, the board, you know, the planchette started moving on the board, which I'm still a bit funny on that, but I have experienced it. And it's a very weird sensation when it actually does go. That went, but at the same time as that happened, the K2 meter went off. So that was picking up EM fluctuations. The tri-field meter went off as well. That's a completely different instrument. And right at that same time, both the doors behind me burst open. So we, we've got circumstantial evidence of the board moving, two separate accounts of different uh, meters going off at the same time, as well as activity, physical activity, the doors bursting open behind us. So the golden rule is you want three points of validation. I'm pretty sure we got pretty close to that with that particular case. Brave. High levels of bravery. <laughs> well, funny, we did have the same thing happen when we were down there last time but uh, a couple of weeks ago but we didn't we weren't running a board session at this time it just so. happened oh my goodness oh my goodness uh, <laughs> just like nope 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 that have been it for me no thank you no thank you um you know what it's the exciting stuff that's the, <laughs> you know what i'm like got a whole different you know, interest. I'll read all the reports that come out. I'll watch the TV shows, but I don't think you'd ever like actually get me there. <laughs> the the big thing about it as well, like you, you don't see when you watch the TV shows is the actual atmosphere around. You can actually feel it in the air. Mm. And rather than just watching it on the TV and go, ooh, what's going to happen next? You're actually living it. And when you watch... I'm not going to get into naming shows and stuff like that, but when you see right. them go under night vision and things like that, everything's got that little green glow and you yeah, see yeah. them walking around. And when you see the camera go around and you see this bright light coming up, you actually think that, okay, they've got torches going. It's not as dark as what it is, but that's not actually the case. If you look at a infrared uh, light through an infrared camera, it lights up like a torch, but we mm. actually will turn the uh, night vision off to show you how dark it actually is. And, you know, you can put your hand in front of your face and you won't see it. That's how dark it is. So it's not as cool. It's not as cool when we do it as when you see it on the TV shows because it's I've like got my feet floating out. Yeah. Make sure I don't fall off a step or something, you know. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's oh why you do the daytime walk around. <laughs> right, so you're familiar with the place at least before you go in there to the pitch black. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's no, smart. That's smart. Floorboard's missing and something like that and you're going to fall so you don't want that happening you have yeah. to keep safety number one. Oh my goodness oh my goodness all right we're gonna take a super quick break uh when we come back i am going to uh, get into gary what he thinks um these are some of his more scary experiences and if you can live in, in western australia if you can call him to cleanse your house how all that works so don't go anywhere it is crystals Magic podcast episode six we are here with gary to talk about the paranormal we will be right back Thank you for listening to Crystal's Imagination Podcast. If you want to listen to a podcast similar, let me recommend the Delvin Cox Experience, a podcast in which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. Each episode, I interview a different guest trying to find out what makes them tick. I've had guests on such as James Gabsey, Crystal Storm, and many others. So after you get through listening to all the Crystal's podcasts, Check out the Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. Peace. Hey guys, this is Mikey Flash from Speed Force Music. Do you need custom music for your podcast, YouTube show, or any other project? Then look no further than Speed Force Music. We have a library of royalty-free music ready to go in your show right now. Or if you'd prefer, we can also custom craft music directly to your specifications. So for your next project, look no further than Speed Force Music. We are on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash speedforce dash music. Or you can find us on YouTube under Speed Force Music. Let us custom craft a song directly for you. The moment he appeared in the chamber, a sense of unease crawled over him, stronger than the chill in the room. His clothes provided no protection against either, 
seeping into his bones and filling his gut with an emotion he had not felt since he was a child. Fear. His resolve steeled, he looked around the chamber, if one could call it that. He could see nothing. Even his Dakwan eyesight couldn't pierce the darkness. In the end, he didn't have to. One couldn't see the Demiurge in the light. There was no way to describe them. He knew no words to fill his mind to translate the beings that slithered around him in the darkness, closing in on his space like vipers ready to crush and devour him. He could feel their hunger. It was so much greater than his anger. It was overwhelming in force, and he immediately became nauseous, a cold sweat latching onto his skin. His heart pounded so loud he could hear it, and everything inside of him wanted to run. Fast. To remake the door, he'd punch through this dimension and leave it. Seville's hands balled into fists. He did not fight his fear. He latched on to his anger. Still, he had to swallow once, twice, before he found his voice, and even then it shook. I can free you. The slithering stopped. He could feel them hovering, looking into him, through him in ways that felt like a violation and invasive, and increased his nauseousness so much he feared he would vomit. He did not dare break the silence with more words, digging his fingernails so hard into his palms his knuckles ached, bile lodged in the back of his throat. Even the sound of their voices was an invasion, slamming into his skull so loudly he grimaced, reaching up to grab his head, his ears ringing after that one simple word, a migraine pounding into his temple. This was not a place for beings in a body. All right, everyone. Welcome back. We're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're gonna get spookier, spookier here with Gary. Uh, so, Gary, let's start with um, what do you kind of believe that you are kind of interacting with when these things happen? Do you think it's it's a spirit? It's an entity? Um, you know, could it maybe have some connection to the UAP phenomenon? Like, what are what are your thoughts on that? I think you have to take every case as it comes. There's, uh, mm -hmm. like I said earlier, there's, there can be a hundred different explanations for paranormal activity. I guess you know the basics about your residual hauntings and your active hauntings and your poltergeist. There's a thousand different things it can be. But what we've found is, uh, oh, how do I put this the easy way? Uh, put it the complicated of, way, let's dive into it, yeah. Again, we... we got into contact with this one particular spirit, which uh, they were looking at us as if we were the ghosts. And they were. we got a date for them of 1918, I believe it was, where they were living. So, oh my God. I don't know. That's sort of bordering on this multiverse theory kind of stuff, which is a little bit crazy and out there, but right. that's the world that we live in. We live in the crazy and out there kind of atmosphere yeah and uh, it's you know I've, I've looked into that and you go into the big bang theory and all that sort of thing and what they say is everything goes out everything contracts everything goes it's it's like this continual in out thing right now if you go into multiverse theory there are multiple bubbles going in and out if yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah, now, yeah. there's going to be some of those are going to push against each other and I, that could be where the term thinning the veil comes from you know and we could have actually been in the right place at the right time where it was like that and they were picking us up as if we were ghosts we were picking them up as if they were ghosts they reckon they were alive in 1918 i can't prove that one way or another but yeah. we got the answer that we got and it's something i'd never even conceived of before so that's that's that one thing a whole new i feel like that brings just a, a whole new type of um I don't even know what the right word is. I mean, to the phenomenon, because people, you know, always think that, you know, when something's moving in your house or you're doing an EVP or whatever the case may be, you're talking to someone who has been deceased, where you had the experience where you were potentially maybe talking to just someone in the past. So that's, exactly. yeah, that just brings a whole new level of 
what are we dealing with here? Well, this is exactly what I was saying before. You know, not everything that is deemed as being a ghost is actually somebody who's passed over and they've come back to say hello. There could be a thousand different experiences or, you know, reasons for it. Now, that's one. Uh, as you said earlier, we do do residential cases when we get called in to help. Mm -hmm. We used to deal with uh, Father Barry May, who, who was the... Uh, He's the ex-West Australian police chaplain, and he's he was an ordained exorcist. And we dealt with him on three cases. And uh, on one of them, we actually witnessed a glass slide off, well, not just slide, but slide across a counter, but then fly off the counter. Now, I know you, there's a thousand ways you can trick it and have it sliding across, but then it could fall off the end of the counter and that you can explain away, but for actually to get a little bit of altitude, it lifted up and off, but there was nothing there. That is something I can't explain. You know, it's not like there was a little magnet in there and then some high powered right. magnet to sort of flick it off or anything. Cause we do look at all these different things and that is something that we couldn't explain. So I've been actually attacked on one occasion where I, I got up, when something happened, something actually grabbed this and pulled it backwards. And I'm a big lad and it yeah. pulled me down. And then I got up, pulled the door open and a broom and a glass flew at me. Again, I've got no explanation for that. And, uh, did you feel anything when that, when that happened, Gary, did you, I mean, did your body give you any kind of warning before maybe like you're just getting up and it's like, Oh, bad vibe. And then it kind of happens. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I was in this room in the pitch black, and the only way I can describe it is, you know how your eyes adjust when you've been in a dark room for a long time? Yes. Well, that darkness went blacker than black, and I knew that was something that wasn't right. It went, <laughs> I, got the cold, I got the cold chills at that point, and that's what actually got me up to my feet, and yeah. then whatever it was actually grabbed. It wasn't this chain, it was a different one, but it actually grabbed and pulled me back. Oh my God. And I was the only one in the room. So I know Ooh. that wasn't, the guys actually said, did you get it on film? Did you get it on film? I said, no, cause I was going to have a sleep and I snore like a freight train. I wasn't putting that on film for everybody to see and witness. Right. So right, right, right. Next, yeah. time I went in there, next time I went in there, I did. And I discovered how late I actually do snore, but <laughs> that was it. I didn't get any paranormal activity that night. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Please explain to me, Gary, how you, a spirit grabs you and throws things at you and you're just like, hang on, I'm gonna go back in there and take a nap. That's, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, this was in the isolation hospital and you got the main section over here and there was these two rooms, which apparently used to be doctor's rooms. Right. Right out the window was the morgue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's been lots happening around there. So the, there was me supposed to be staying in, in one room and one of the other guys was supposed to be it up in the other room ready to go as well i went running around there to him to find out that he'd actually chickened out in the middle of the night and he went over to the nurses quarters which is probably 100 150 meters 150 yards however you say it over the other side there so i was actually in the isolation hospital all by myself which probably made me a good target for these things to have a crack at and i ran across and not for any other reason than it was unexpected it was exciting. It got the adrenaline pumping that much. So I had to calm myself down for a bit. And then I went back and spent the rest of the night in there. There was no kind of fear that you, I mean, because I think that's the thing that always got me about the paranormal that I cannot see or interact with this thing, but it can throw things at me. Like you said, it could grab your chain, push you, do you know, what do you, is there any type of defense that you guys would recommend? Is there anything that you can do when that sort of thing happens? No, not really. Thought <laughs> yeah. you beat. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you can turn around, grab them by the scruff of the neck and smack them on. It, uh, you can't right. do that. Yeah. And it, you, you've got no actual defense other than your own spiritual confidence, I guess, which is, you know, one of the big things that we hear when we do like a, we'll do a public hunt every now and then and we'll invite the public out mm -hmm. and we'll let them have a go with the toys and things like that, that they've seen in all the TV shows. It, it introduces them into the world of paranormal investigation, the right way, the safe way in a group right. and things like that. And, uh, yeah, 
What do I say to that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that now, but yeah. You have to, you have to do it the right way. And I, I completely forgot where I was going with that one. I got yeah, so far you, into you, you were talking about just having a spiritual confidence when you go into these things. Yes. Well, one of the things I do say to everybody is you got to keep your vibes up. you got to be happy and enjoy the whole thing, you know, because one of the big things that people are worried about are attachments, taking something home with them afterwards right. and things like that. And I've always been of this opinion that it's usually people that are down on their luck. Things aren't going their way. They're miserable. They're the ones that are easiest for spirits to attach themselves to mm. because it's an easy target. So I always say to everybody, get your, you know, get your spirits up and things like that before you come out on one of these things. And I say, I'm not going to tempt fate, but I say I'm a bit like Teflon. Everything just bounces off me, you know. <laughs> I can go into it. I mean, you, you go into these things like what you were saying, how could you do that and go back? Well, that's what we're actually going out to try and find. You know, what's the point of going into a haunted location and have something happen and then run for the hills? Because that's what you were going there for. Yes, right. I can understand being startled and things like that. You go out, regroup, go back, which is what I did. But if you just pack up and bugger off, well, you might as well not go out there because uh, every time you actually experience what you're going out there for, you run for it. It's not what we're all about. So well, not you, the real anyway. No, the real ones. Okay, so so then you, I mean, so you you and your team had never had an experience where you were just like, you know what, this is a little bit too much for us to handle. Maybe we should bugger off. We had something happen when we were down there the other week, and we were in the morgue. Each of the girls, of course, actually... you were in the morgue. Damn, it's always the damn morgue. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome, isn't it? <laughs> but we were all, we were all around the slab. Uh -huh. it sounds like a bloody bad yeah. song, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, what had happened was because there was a group of about maybe fifteen of us, mm -hmm. I'd I broke us all off into smaller groups, and then we'd, I'd send them all because this whole place, okay, put it into miles. It's probably a couple of miles across and a couple of miles around, all so the whole complex. Big, so I'd yeah. set them all up in different areas so that they were in small groups and they weren't going to interfere with each other's investigation. Mm -hmm. And every time one of these groups went into the uh, into the morgue, something happened to them. And ultimately, we, we were trying to actually record a podcast, me and my co-host. So we were in the main area. We were all set up yeah. and started to record three different times. <laughs> of course, of course. Each time, so... We will eventually put what we've got together and put it up, but we haven't finished recording the rest of it yet because of all the interruptions. Oh my goodness, and can't we wait. Said, yeah, we'll said, we said we'll send the guys in. So we, we went in and so, yeah, there was something that wasn't happy and uh, ultimately it did actually attack one of the guys there. And if you actually go to the WA Paranormal page, West Australian Paranormal Researchers on Facebook, you scroll down and there is a little bit of a teaser to the video that we will be putting out with some a few of the things that happened down there. So it was a it was a very messed up weekend right from the start. Yeah. So that being you, said, they all want to go back. Of course you do. <laughs> I'm not this does not surprise me at all. Uh, Gary, you know, it was nice knowing you. Good luck, man. <laughs> so Can I mean yeah, when something like that happens, like you said, you know, um, uh, someone on your team, you know, gets hurt or gets attacked by, you know, an entity, whatever it is. Um, is there any, like, I know you guys are definitely going back because like what you said, you know, that's, that's, that's your whole deal. Do you take a break? Do you maybe think like, okay, maybe the spirits had enough. We should just, you know, come back another time. Um, do you do any type of, of cleansing? I mean, do you, do you bring in a priest from, I mean, I don't even know what religion you would pick at this point because, you know, um, how would you, you know? Yeah. You can't. One of the thing, one of the big things I've said about any kind of uh, cleansing or exorcism, whatever you want to say. My take on the whole thing is the words of exorcism. You watch all the films, all the uh, Latin and stuff like that, are pretty much pointless. Mm. It's not the words that have the power. It's 
what they instill in the person that's possessed. That's mm. the power. Okay. Take, for instance, if you are a Muslim and you're, you know, you're infested by the jinn or whatever, getting somebody to do a Catholic exorcism is not going to work on them. They'd have passages from the Quran or whatever, which for the person who's religious, who's been infested by the spirits or whatever, they'd hear these words and it would build their vibe up to a point where they say, yeah, they can do this. They can fight this thing off. As that vibe lifts in the person, it's harder for the spirit to hang on, which I was getting into the vibes earlier. Right. So it's not the words themselves. It's the, com the confidence in the person that builds up and that's what does it. It's the same with the, you know, like the Catholics, they hear those Latin words. It's not the words that have the power. Right. It's what it's those words still in the person that right. has the power from within. They don't expel the spirit. They just build the vibes up, vibrations, whatever term you want to use, in the person to a level where it's hard for the spirit to hang on. So that wouldn't. We, we, excuse me. That makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. That, that would that, that would be the case. You know, it's, I'm sorry, there's no magic word, you know, you, yeah, abracadabra, be gone, spirit right, gone. Right, you, you wish, know. yeah, yeah. It doesn't work like that. So, uh, yeah, we would use sage, you know, sage sprays, different things, which the guys feel increases their vibration, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And right. take a break, get them away from the, uh, the active area for a while. Mm -hmm. And then if they wanted to go back, we could look at it. If not, we wouldn't. It would depend also on the severity of what was going on. Okay. There were a couple of people that it hit pretty hard, so we sort of said, yeah, you're not going back in there now. And uh, guys will be guys, and they're all bravado. We're going to go back in, you know. And uh -huh. yeah. yeah, it goes, well, you know, you're going to get what you wanted. Yeah. Then, <laughs> no. It's... It was very interesting and very eye-opening. Oh my goodness. Wow. 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 So what has been, uh, your most interesting case that you, that you can kind of, I mean, I feel like because you've had just so many amazing experiences during, during your career and still ongoing. So, you know, what has oh. kind of been one of the cases for you that even if you didn't need a whole lot of evidence, you were just like, what the fuck? I, I could. <laughs> so many we've done there's so many historic places that i'm not even allowed you now we have to sign ndas to even get into some of these places because they're still open for business now and they are very wow. historic local area all right i'll say one of them but i'm not going to tell you what happened there oh. the supreme the supreme court of western australia it's open every day during the week murderers are tried there some of the biggest cases are being tried there we were invited in there. Hope I never because, have to go there. <laughs> because of something that happened to uh, a team of workmen down in the catacombs underneath. Ooh. And we went into courtroom two, which is where all the big trials happen. And we, we got to walk down the, the tunnel that comes up into the dock. You know, when the uh, defendant comes up, right. they don't walk through the crowd. There's that little tunnel that goes down to the cells at the back. We went down into there. Then we went down further into the catacombs, and some of the stuff that happened down there was very eye-opening. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was another historic location. Again, I actually can't name this one. Let's just say it's a theatre that's open for business, and there are lots of top-shelf acts that go there. Okay. And we went there after this particular show because they said the activity in there is always heightened after a show and all the people have been in. Mm -hmm. So we went in there and uh, there are, back in the 40s and stuff, there were a lot of like basement nightclubs and things like that, the old cigar joints and that kind of thing. So we had stuff set up in some of them. And then there were three of us, me and two of the girls, actually on the stage in the main auditorium area where all the acts go and stuff. And we had a spirit box going, and I think one of the biggest things, and I do have the EVP somewhere that we got, we were talking, and the psychic girl that was there, she actually picked up that there was somebody hanging around. 
and we said, where are you? Didn't hear anything there on the night, but playing it back, you get a male's voice going, behind you. Oh, God. No, thank you. No, oh, yeah. thank you. That's probably, that is probably one of the best that we ever did. Uh, there's a place called the Fremantle Arts Centre, which if you ever Google the Fremantle Arts Centre, you just know by looking at it that it's creepy. Mm -hmm. But going back through its history, it's been a lunatic asylum and it's been this, it's been that, several things. It, was, it wasn't too long ago that they found some hidden rooms up in the attic and there was stuff that was found in there, which I won't go into, but it's what you would expect from one of these yeah. mad science layers and things. Oh, my God. Well, there's, a, there's a section down on the opposite side to where this room was where there were some cells and it's reported that there was uh, one particular cell that was haunted and we said we weren't allowed to actually investigate we were allowed to set up our gear because it's open for business mm -hmm. we went in after hours set all the gear up left it running overnight and we had to be back like six o'clock the next morning to pack it all up and then just review evidence right and we've got this evp from this cell which also has uh an emf spike at the same time caught on camera so it was caught on a voice recorder and it was caught on the audio from the camera itself, a woman's voice saying, get out. Now, I'm not saying it's, it was hard to understand. It was as clear as you or I saying, get out. And it was definitely a woman's voice. So it's, it's very interesting. Almost, you would almost consider it a actual disembodied voice rather than an EVP. It was that clear. That's so, yeah. yeah. It happened yeah, okay. all over the place. Okay. Uh, have you found that, you know, locations that, that are particularly haunted, is there kind of any commonality among the history? Like, is it normally a place where bad things have happened or maybe is it just a place that's just been around a long time that's seen like all kinds of things? No, sometimes there are very new buildings, which, which then goes to the, uh, it makes you consider, is it an object? Is it land-based? Is it something right. that's happened inside a building itself and this is what there's a hundred different things there's a place called pinjara which is out probably an hour east of where i am mm -hmm. and oh back in the 1800s there was the what they call the massacre of pinjara where a, lot, a whole load of the uh aboriginal people were slaughtered when the white guys came and it, it it's very nasty there but they were just left wherever they dropped in the fields and out there they actually ended up I think it was 19, 1912, 1918, some, somewhere around there, before 1920, they built some of these old houses and uh, that ended up becoming a place where, by this guy called Fairbridge, where they used for orphans and things like that. When the Second World War happened, a lot of the, when England was getting bombed by the Germans, they were doing the nightly raids. Yeah. They got a lot of kids and they shipped them down to Australia to keep them safe. A lot of those kids never, ever found their families ever again. Oh, and uh, we were actually down there, I think February we were actually in there. And we were there actually last year. And that, you've got a mixture of a few different things going on there. You've got obviously land-based spirits, which are, it's just anywhere in the area you can pick stuff up. Right. And then you have specific things happening in each of the, the buildings, the dorms, cabins, whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh, it can it can be a number of different things. And again, not all of them are just dead people. You know what I mean? It's Right. You've got to try and identify what you're dealing with, and that's half the fun. And the difficulty, I would assume, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the fun part. Now, do you collaborate with other groups? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share yeah. information and all that kind of stuff. And and can other groups reach out to you? Let's let's uh, let's let's uh, pip out your Facebook page and uh, if you guys has a website, but how you know people can reach out to you and and share like information and research. Yeah, if you, if you look up on Facebook the West Australian Paranormal Researchers, you'll find us. Or if you look up the Paranormal Bikers, it's a Facebook page. Um, it's all linked together. That's our podcast page, and. That'll get you through, and you'll get to see some of the stuff that happens. We uh, we deal with some of the groups over here, although not every group here 
believes in the para unity thing where everybody's out for the same reasons we're all trying to do the same re same research and as far as i'm concerned if everybody collaborates it does help us come together and get better better info there's a couple of uh groups that are out there doing their things and they share their little videos and stuff on our page as well mm -hmm. but where we deal with groups over east for instance they'll have somebody report that they've got friends over in WA that mm -hmm. uh, have something going on and they'll reach out to us. We'll do the investigations for them and then we feed all of our findings back to them and vice versa. We have these agreements with different groups around, around Australia and a couple internationally as well oh, nice. where we share the information and we just call ourselves sister groups because we're all out for the same reasons to help people and obviously increase exposure of the, uh, of the whole field to the general public. Right. So right, it's, right. Yeah, it does work well that way. I love it. I love it. Gary, you have been a great guest. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your experiences and, um, and, and your stories. And I hope that, uh, that you, that you actually do get the definitive proof because I think it needs to come from, from someone like you who is taking this seriously and, and kind of just wants, I mean, it, I mean, I would love for you guys to have a Netflix show, even if it's just you running into walls in the dark. I think that would just be great because you've got a great personality. But I, I hope that, you know, you guys get something to give to, you know, some scientific group to say, here, go do your do your theories. Let's let's figure out what this is. Now, if we can get one scientist to get out there and start doing the research, we've done our job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then it's up to convince the rest of their peers that it's something worthwhile studying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Everyone, please make sure that you go and uh, check out Gary's Facebook page. Um, be on the lookout for the Paranormal Bikers podcast. Do you guys have a schedule yet um, of when you're you going to be on? Or are you kind of just slowly gearing up? Uh, we, we, we're still saying, oh God, if I could tell you about the first time we did a, a, a thing, we had one little microphone and to, to get that good <laughs> That's radio how voice. You, <laughs> you got to get up close to two of us like this. Uh -huh. we, That's we, how we you got to get it started. Yeah. We had an hour show that we recorded, and by the time you took all the swearing and laughing out, we were down to 29 minutes. But <laughs> we've done a couple of interviews now with different people, but we're trying to pre-record, mm -hmm. get a few, and then we'll start a schedule at that point. So yeah. there's a couple out there, a couple of interviews out there, and we've got a couple more to do. But uh, we, as you can see, we're starting to get the microphones. I've got a microphone there. I've got another one over here. So we're getting ourselves set up for it. Oh, that's going to be great. And are you guys going to start doing um... – any live shows? I know you tried before one of your live shows at, at uh, you know, are you going to try to do that during more haunts as well? Yes. Yeah. The problem we've got at the moment is places like Albany, where I was just talking about, you go down there and there's not a lot of reception to get an actual live feed going. Right. So we're looking for some more uh, places that, that have accessibility to the, to the internet because the setup that we've got with the DVR cameras and everything, it is internet ready so we can upload directly. And in relation to the podcast, yes, ultimately we are going to go from a pre-recorded format to a live format. Mm. It'll probably be audio to start off with and then once we've got the studio set up, we will then step it up to video and we might yeah. even have you on. Love it. Love to. Love to. Well, I don't know. UFO. Yeah, we can, we can, we can definitely talk UFOs and I can't wait for your podcast, especially the live one. Cause I'll come hang out and from the safety of my home where I have all my sage and crystals and my little safe space. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think your vibes are enough. You've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, I would hope so. I don't know. If something grabs me, Gary, I'm out and I'm not coming back. I don't know. That's, that's, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> live life, live life. Enjoy it. Yes, that's exactly why if something grabs me, I'm going to take that as a, you don't want me here, so I'm just going to go. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us during this episode of Chris's Imagination Podcast. I am your host, Crystal Storm, a science fiction author. Do go and check out my website, chrisimagination.com. Make sure that you check out Gary's Facebook page. Um, go there, hang out, research. If you're another group, you're listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube um, and you're interested in sharing information with Gary, absolutely please do. I feel like the more that you guys collaborate on this, um, the better it's going to be for the whole field and for us to get some answers. Like Gary said, maybe it's an entity, maybe it's a ghost, maybe it's weird theories of quantum entanglement we don't know so we've got to we've got to kind of collaborate and uh and figure that out 
Join us next week. Um, I will have on a gentleman who's going to teach us all about the craft. So that is next Tuesday. And then we've got a great lineup coming as well for July. So stick around. If you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe. If you are listening to this on your podcast network of choice, do all the things, subscribe, review, comment, blah, 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 blah. And I will see you guys next week. Well, hey, Crystal here. I wanted to thank you personally for joining us for this episode of Crystal's Imagination of the Talk Show. I hope you'll take a quick second to drop us a like, subscribe, leave a comment, and or a review. I would love to hear your feedback. If you have a guest suggestion, drop me a line at talkshow at crystalsimagination.com, or you can just send me a note and we can be email buddies. Want more podcasts? You can also check out the serialized fiction podcast of the same name, Crystal's Imagination. You'll find it on my YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out all the information down in the description. Till next time.